Thanks for tuning in to the World XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please drop us up, drop a like, and let us know your thoughts below in the comments. Also, please consider supporting our podcast via the link below. It really helps us out. Now, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the World XP Podcast, Chris. You're back for like the 18 millionth time. And the cult hero, Dad. First Absolutely. Time. So, <laughs> the people have been wanting you for... I don't know. Since I put the poll up last, uh, last like March or whatever, like who wants to hear Dad talk on the podcast? It was like ninety-seven percent yes, with like every single follower voting, because I really just wanted to hear the story about the blown-up microwave, and we might get to that at some point. But it's been it's been exaggerated over the years. I Not don't really. <laughs> it definitely hasn't. It definitely hasn't been. It's not been exaggerated <laughs> at all. Uh, I normally have no plan for this, and today I have even less of a plan because you weren't supposed to be here until three minutes ago. All right. So, uh, shoot away. What do you want? <laughs> uh, wow, we could just start with the microwave story. Then we could go on to like more relevant and topical things, but all right, that's well, the one that the people want. Okay, so we can talk about that. Chris, have you ever heard about the microwave story? I haven't, but I'm pretty excited about it now. You're pretty excited. Okay, well, it's not – okay, well, part of it's funny. Well, it can be funny. So It's all funny, <laughs> let's be honest. Listen, it's all – all right, you, you got to remember it's the, it's the context, right? So back in 1986, right, microwaves were just really getting on the market, okay? And they were, they, were, they were still a brand new thing, especially in upstate New York, right? I mean, we were still getting out of the horse and buggy phase about that point, right? So mom and dad get a nice new microwave, a man of micro, beautiful. You know, it wasn't stainless steel, but it was, some, it was just beautiful, right? It was up on top. Mom was really happy about it. I got home from college. It was uh, the summer, hanging out, a couple of friends, and we'd heard, you know, the rumors about the microwave, right? You, you know, the various things that you could do. You put a gerbil in a microwave and it blows up on you. Or you do this or do that, right? All these stupid things, right? You can do it. And we are like, well, we're not doing that. But I said, well, what about an egg? And uh, I thought, well, I don't know. Let's see. Well, you know, and then I had, you know, my older brother, Mike, was there. And he had his young daughter. Megan was there at the time. And we were thinking about it. We said, okay, well, let's, let's try Let's just try an egg, right? So do you have any idea what happens to an egg? Well, I'm going to tell you. Oh, I have an idea now. <laughs> so we, we put a regular egg in there, put it right in the middle of the microwave, uh, hit it for like a minute on high. You know, goes through its whole cycle. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. I said, and I had the brainiac idea, right? I'm, I'm an engineer, right? I'm trying to think. I said, you know what? Let's just, I tell you what, if we have a problem with this egg, I don't want to make a really big mess, but let's see, we'll, we'll contain it. All right. So we put it in a Ziploc bag. Okay. And then we put it back in the microwave, right? All right. So, so nothing really happened. You couldn't really see anything. The egg wasn't really heating up. I thought, well, maybe this thing's broke. Maybe it's a low power. I don't know. It's the first microwave, right? So then we stick it in there and I go, okay, well, let's, uh, let's hit it for another minute on high. And me and my brother said, okay, let's, let's check that out. Right. So we're sitting there and we're, we're maybe about, you know, five feet back, kind of typical. This we're looking at it, right? Boom! It blew the door off the microwave. <laughs> it, it looked like one of those cartoons. So the door swings open and it's hanging on a hinge, just kind of dangling there, right? <laughs> what? And there is egg all over the place. I mean, but it's all, 
it's all hard boiled, right? It got cooked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With Ziploc bag, right? So my brother, the big coward that he is, so I'm standing there, not sure what to do. My brother runs out of the room, right? with his daughter. I'm standing there looking at the microwave. My mom comes in and she starts bawling, right? She just starts bawling because it's a brand new microwave. And then she, she <laughs> runs, she runs away. And my dad comes out and he starts screaming at me, screaming at me and screaming at Mike. And Mike says, he's the idiot engineer. He's supposed to be smarter than everybody blaming me for. And then he runs away. And then my dad's <laughs> still yelling at me. And then my dad goes away and I'm like, okay, well, I got to clean this up a little bit. And I start walking away and my dad comes back and he goes, I tell you, that was the hardest thing in the world to do. I was laughing so hard when I saw that door. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, two paychecks later, we get a new microwave. Those are my paychecks. <laughs> I paid for it. <laughs> so that was our experience. First experience in microwave. So don't let your kids put a regular egg in a microwave. It will blow up. <laughs> I remember, I think the first time you told me that was probably, what, like, maybe eight years ago, something yeah, like that. Sure. Just, like, the most ridiculous thing. I went back to college, and I told the, like, the usual suspects about it, and they were like, yeah, Andy's back at it again, and I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, but to your point, though, about don't let your kids put an egg in the microwave, and then, Chris, we were talking right before uh, Dad popped on about... Um, your youngest throwing mashed potatoes on the floor because ah, yes. she likes them. It's like, I don't have kids. You guys both have both have kids. What is like the most ridiculous things that your kids have done and feel free to throw me under the bus, dad, but not too hard. Oh I got gosh. a good one like from yesterday. So this was, so my middle child, Josie has not been sleeping particularly well. So I think she's going through a growth spurt. But so she, she crawls in our bed last night, right? And right around 3 a.m., she sits straight up, like ramrod straight. And I'm just kind of half awake, and she goes, the head of a chicken and the body of a unicorn. And she flops back down and goes to sleep. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> I like that one. Right? Like, like what, what just happened? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm only half awake, but... Every once in a while, something like that will happen where you're like, so that uh, that just happened. I don't... It's like the one where she came in and she was like, why do numbers exist? Yeah. Was that the other one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Ella. Yeah. <laughs> why do numbers exist? Very good question. Yep. It's 10 p.m. The answer is we'll answer it tomorrow. <laughs> That's a good one. You sleep on it. <laughs> yeah, you think about it. <laughs> Those are good. I don't know. I mean, Eric, uh, we were actually having a little bit of a discussion uh, at your expense, we were trying to. Oh, good. We were gauging, and Chris, you may have experienced this. Which one of your kids is the worst pukers? Okay, when they get sick ah. to their stomach. Okay, Eric would rank among the worst pukers. All right, you know why? Okay, because he would be in his room. All right, and he'd be sick to his stomach. All right, he couldn't bother going to the bathroom. He couldn't bother staying in his own bedroom. He would actually come out of his room puking down the hallway and come into our bedroom puking and then we'd like what are you doing and then we'd send him back and then we'd put trash bags all over his room and then we put a trash can near him and he wouldn't bother doing that all right using those things because then he would come out and he'd start puking on the floor and puking in the hallway and running to the bath it just you were the worst puker all right you were just awful okay <laughs> he just just a godsend when you left our house <laughs> 
I, I knew that when I came back and there were four cats in my room. Yeah. And they were peeing all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> which one, which one would you rather have? Probably the cats, honestly. Probably. No, no. I, you know what? It's a close one too. All right. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so that's, well, other things that you would do. In fact, speaking of mashed potatoes or vegetables. All right, Eric, you oh, remember God. the time that basically we, Eric, you got to eat your carrots. You got to eat your vegetables. All right. We got to eat them on. Right. And we were down at the beach, if I recall correctly. And um, so, yeah, we had carrots and we leave to go on the boardwalk and get some treats. Somebody still has the carrots in their mouth. He held carrots in his mouth for about 30 minutes. <laughs> and how old was I? 22. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. You were probably four. Maybe maybe three. I don't know. We'd have right, to so in my defense, I was four. See? Oh, look at that. I was about right. I don't know. I don't remember. I was just going <laughs> off what you said. Um, I had a feeling this this might be a rough one for me. That's no, okay. No, no. There's well, there's other things too. We could keep piling on, but we're not going to do that at your expense. No, it's fine. That's like the Theo Von. I don't I don't know if I sent this to you, Chris, but like uh, Theo Von, Dad, he's a comedian from Louisiana. He just tells the most ridiculous stories, like they're totally normal. Um, and he was telling a story when he was at he was in San Francisco, like during the San Francisco Marathon or whatever, and they took over a water table, and when people would run by. They'd be like, yes, this water's for Asians only. And like the people, the people running by couldn't be like, like argue because they're running. So they're like, wait, we can't like do it. And then he was like, yeah, we were just on like DMT the whole time. And, he, and Rogan's like, how old were you when you did this? He was like, oh, like 28. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, like, I don't know. Like, so Chris, you're like in the newer phases of raising kids and then dad you've sent most of us to college ish one one left so like going through like if you were if you were going to say to both myself and chris like what you something you've learned both like this works and then this doesn't work mm. what would it what would it be in terms of like the the whole process, like all, if you would like the, the, like the all 18 years, just like general, general things. Now, like Eric, you were bad at homework and whatever, but like general, like generalities. As far as what raising kids? like, yeah, yeah. So like getting them all the way off to like, okay, here you go. You're going to college. You're out of the house now. Like if you had one thing that didn't work and one thing that did work that you remember, you're like, we did this for, all five of you and this seemed to work really well and then this didn't work for four of you so we didn't do it with the lot or like i don't know whatever whatever the case is i would say that uh one size does not fit all so you can't take the same approach with each of you as far as getting you where you want to go because everybody's different which is great that's fantastic but you know um, I'll say, you know, I, each one of you is completely different. All right. Uh, and who knows what's where Sam's going to end up necessarily, but no, you were, you're, 
your passion with soccer for sure and you were following that track right along and you were doing stuff with that and you had your other sports you had your friend your bobby and then you know basically figuring out the school stuff but i mean you were kind of doing that william had different you know interests at the time and uh, different school interests same thing with timothy although timothy seemed to be he was just christopher newport that was it um you know um you know no everybody's got something different so i don't know i mean there's no one just kind of go with the flow how'd you how'd you go about <laughs> figuring that out though because when like when we're all little little we're all just like piles of mush that throw mashed potatoes on the floor so like as it starts to as we start to like develop into like personality wise then you start to differentiate like oh he'll hold the carrots in his mouth for 30 minutes but this one will eat crayons like how like how do you start to start making the tweaks as it as it goes because i like for me when i coach like learning which kid responds to what takes a while and like implementing being able to implement the same thing in a different way for multiple kids is like not the easiest thing in the world so like when you're raised like but all i'm doing is implementing like soccer stuff you're doing like life should we bring your mother on this for you no, know I mean? no, no no that's a, no that's okay <laughs> <laughs> no uh no you can't all right so sam had uh, I'll, I'll i'll try to answer that this way sam had an exercise for pvi the other day and the exercise was about he had to interview myself and your mother as far as what it was what it meant to us as far as bringing him into the world and what we learned from that experience so he had maybe 10 questions for us and so your your mother and i were sitting down we were answering the questions and they were interesting questions you know but some of them were just about um you know the experience of you know him coming into the family uh, you know okay so he he lent a different perspective on everything because as mom said you were how old you were 12 13 when he was born yeah okay so you were and chris knows this right <laughs> not not because of eric specifically but just going through it is that you were in the preteen moody you know angry but i'm cooler than everybody else and mom and dad suck phase yeah right? the, the and, time and, you look back and you're like yeah. wow i hate myself at that time <laughs> and then, yeah and then, and then you were sucking william into that that type of arena but you know and then timothy and maggie or whatever we're busy chasing them around it doesn't really matter but sam came in and he was a bundle of joy and all you guys responded very positively to sam being in the house you know it kind of brought a smile to everybody's face and everybody kind of chilled out for you know those moments so that's the kind of energy that sam brought to the table <clears throat> but more specifically one of his questions was you know what what did sam coming into the world do for your mother and father as far as our parenting and so what i said was it wasn't so much about our relationship with the kids or the new kid or you sam it was that i actually had a greater respect and appreciation for your mother for all the things that she was doing to more or less juggle five kids running around and different things and how we had to work together otherwise it really wasn't going to function you know you need you need I think you do need the two parents you know obviously there's single parents out there that do very very well they do great fantastic things but for us 
the two of us needed to work together to kind of keep everything and keep you guys on the right track. Mm-hmm. Playing zone defense. Cool. Do you think Uncle Andy too? I mean, do you do you think? I mean, Lauren and I have this discussion sometimes, but that there's a significant advantage to having partners with sort of different skill sets, right? So like having two parents in the house that excel under different arenas. <laughs> oh, I think so. I think that's, uh, and I'd say, yeah, um, we definitely have different, different things that we bring to the table that we offer our kids, mm-hmm. different strengths, different weaknesses, you know, um, and maybe we support each other in different ways. So maybe the kids mm-hmm. can appreciate it or not, you know, or whatever, you know, um, no, I, I agree with that 100%. I think your parents are a good example as well, right? So yeah. your mom and dad are probably similar to uh, – I'm not exactly sure about your relationship, Lauren, but, I mean, I think your mom and dad are similar to myself and uh, your Aunt Julie, mm-hmm. and that w- I think we are markedly different. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think we approach things <laughs> very differently. Um, and Eric could probably attest to that a lot, you know, just uh, – I tend to kind of wing things and just get things done and let's get, let's get, let's get through with this. And some others, my wife are very methodical, want to plan things out, want to make sure every I is dotted, every T is crossed before we can really move on with something. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that doesn't work so well. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. No, we find ourselves in the same situation, right? That it's, it's a balancing act of having, like you said, sort of two different sets of strengths and weaknesses and and learning when to apply both. I mean, I'd say that's one of the things we've started to do or attempted to do in parenting is when, when a situation becomes a little too hot for one of us or a little bit too much of a hot button issue of kind of tagging out and being like, you know what, this one's you. Cause like, I'm not going to handle this right. You know, that's the, whatever this thing, whatever this thing is in the moment, either I'm too fried, like too fried or, Lauren's had a rough day or it's a particular hot button issue for her or me, you know, like being able to sort of leverage those and, and acknowledge them, which I, I do think is interesting. And I, I, I've at least found having kids has helped our marriage, you know, advance to a stage of being able to go like, you know, to be fully open and be like, no, 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 I'm really bad at this thing <laughs> like, oh, <yeah. laughs> and accepting it. Right. Like, yes, this is not, I shouldn't be playing this position. Like come over here. Yeah. So, well, you seem to be handling it in a, a much more mature fashion than we do. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm putting a nice veneer on it. That's right. Sometimes other words are used. Yeah. <laughs> so there you right. go. Did that help you answer that question? Oh, I, I would say so. I think, well, just it's more to just open a conversation. Up, but I think to your point, like watching you guys in your relationship is like able to like really paying attention. And I've noticed this like with myself and and Jenison, well, not since we've got married, but like the last couple of years to be able to kind of like pick and choose, like this seems to work for like, I saw my parents do this and that seemed to work. And like, well, I don't really like that part because my personality differs from you in such and such way. And even like Chris, you and Lauren to a certain extent, I wasn't around you guys that much, but like to be able to pick and choose, like this part seems to work like across multiple relationships and maybe this one doesn't work and this applies to us because our personalities are like to be able to watch just over the course of like myself growing up has been super helpful so like 
been kind of doing the same parenting wise, but like, it's just interesting that all the kids have different personalities and then like how to actually deal with that. And I haven't really wrapped my head around that part specifically yet, even though, like, like I said, when I go to the field to coach, like all of these kids are like often whatever world they're in, but like, it's different. I have them for one hour or an hour and a half and then I go home. Yeah. And it's like, not, it's not like that. So I don't know. It's been good. It's been good. Cause I think all of you guys said good examples to like, for the rest of us to kind of emulate and follow and figure out what, but that's the thing we are, we got to figure out like what works best for best for us. But like having the baseline of something to follow is very helpful. So, well, being, being an active and involved parent makes coaching a snap. Yeah. <laughs> that's easy. That's the easy part. Um, yeah, because you, you always have on your, your teams, right? You're going to have kids that are, dr- you know, drill killers, right? They don't pay attention. They just ruin the whole rhythm. You can't get anything going. <laughs> You're on the bench. Just sit over there for a little bit, right? Can't really do that with a family. Yeah, stuck with it. <laughs> there ain't no going to the bench. <laughs> Third kid, you're on the bench now. <laughs> the drill killers are no part dinner of for the you. team. No, they're part of the team. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that too, because I mean, my so my kids right, they're six, four, and ten months. But you know, as soon as Josie, my middle one, turned two, it was clear she was a completely different beast, Ramella. Right? Like it's, I mean, from from go. The two are completely different people, which is kind of wild when you think about like it's I mean, I guess we were a little different because we had the we were chasing Ella around when Josie was, you know, mm-hmm. growing into herself. But like, man, I mean, it was just night and day. Right. Like and, and the same strategies don't apply <laughs> to those two. And I can only imagine what adding a third or fourth or more into the mix. Right. Like all of a sudden you're like, you know, it's just a, it's it's a little bit crazy. But yeah, you've got to you've got to apply different things. How do you balance that when the kid is like, well, you did one thing with my brother or sister, so why don't you like do that for like? It's not fair that you treat me in a a different way. More this is more aimed at you, Dad, because you have more time with that. But like, did that happen? Like, I don't I don't really remember it happening in that way. But like the way that the situation is described, like I feel like that would happen. Okay, at the risk of again. <laughs> it's fine it's fine example, it's, all right it's fine you were so stubborn oh my gosh we actually had to have you in your you would not pick up your room one time we said you're going to pick up your room you know this is this is a disaster in here you're going to pick up your room you wouldn't pick it up we said okay fine all right so we kept you in your room you wouldn't pick up your room we kept you in your room you wouldn't pick up your room and then you kept on reading book so by the time we were done and chris was just, this was like Eight hours later, okay, <laughs> seriously, eight hours later, we had actually said, you know what, okay, you're going to stay in your room. We had taken out all his books, all his toys, all his cl- – everything. We had – he looked like a monk's room in there, and we left him in there, okay? He was so <laughs> stubborn. He wouldn't do anything. He still wouldn't yield, all right? He wouldn't yield even until the following morning when it was time to go to school. It was just awful, <laughs> all right? Yes. All right. So it's, I hope you, you are recording this so everybody knows. You were just so stinking. Yeah, we're going to cut this part out. <laughs> so that didn't really apply to the other kids because they watched you and they knew what was coming. 
So they were just like, okay, I'll pick it up. Even though they were kind of reluctant to do whatever, they would do it, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and some, some of you so had really I helped. Kind of, although, <laughs> for example, Timothy, I still remember this to the day. He, so I just asked him to take something up off the stairs, right? <laughs> and he was probably like, I don't know. I'll say six-ish, eight-ish, something like that, right? And I just remember, I said, hey, Timothy, listen, take that up the stairs, would you? He turns around, looks at me, and he kind of, and Timothy always had a little skip to his stuff, right? And it's just, he turns around, looks at me, goes, no, thank you. And then he runs off. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to go grab him, bring him back. It was like, no, thank you. (laughs) At least he used manners. (laughs) Yeah, he had great manners. (laughs) That doesn't work this way. (laughs) So everybody's Mm. different. So not, again, one size does not fit all. Yes. What else do you want to know? I don't know. I mean, I'm curious. So what about, I mean, something we, like Lauren and I have been discussing a lot lately has been sort of parenting strategies from kind of the earlier, right? Like having kids in the earlier stage, but I'm curious on your opinion, is there anything that you think would have like applied, you know, 25 years ago that doesn't apply now? I mean, I, I, there's usually the conventional wisdom of things that do apply, right? But in the advent of different technologies and you know, all these kids have phones and, you know, is there anything that where you'd go, yeah, that wouldn't work today? No, I mean, it's up to you guys. I mean, whatever, whatever kind of works as far as the technology. I mean, I can't think of anything that's, as far as raising a kid, would it be any different than how we raise them? I, I, I don't really think so. I mean, um, you're feeding them, you're putting clothes on, you're changing their diapers, and you're trying to keep your sanity, right? That's the first yeah. two years. That's the first two years. And then, you know, now th- year three, you get the play dates, right? Yep. Even year two, whatever. Play dates. Okay, now you got the, all right, so now they're socializing. And that has nothing to do with technology, right? Yeah. Um, or at least I don't think so. And then maybe they get a little older, and now, as soon as they hit the school, that's when the technology hits a little bit. And then it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. Especially, at, at least in Virginia, what we were experiencing, just so much stuff of their education is online or it's because they need a phone or they need, the, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But, so that's, that's a little difficult to control. But I mean, I don't think so. I mean, because you guys had it too, whether it, you had video games, right? What's yeah, the difference true. between a video game and a phone? Yeah, but we couldn't like inter like we couldn't interact with like I couldn't interact with all of my peers after school when I was in like sixth grade. Yeah. In that way, like I had to I had to go down the street and like knock on somebody's door and be like, "Hey, do you want to come outside?" One hundred percent agree, and you know, but I I don't think that affected how we raised you, and I don't think it really changes for what Chris and Lauren are doing today. I don't think so, at least for the younger years. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I do, I do get concerned, you know, watching phones in particular, right? You know, it's, it's, um, Eric and I have talked on this before, but like it, it's, there's, there's an aspect of addiction that I'm afraid of introducing to kids, right? Like when you see people like pull out their phone, right? Like you're having a conversation and somebody pulls out their phone. Yep. Like we've, we were talking about this, like, you know, everybody would go, if you pulled out a book, everybody would go, what are you doing? 
I'm just going to read a chapter. Sorry, I got, yeah. I got bored with the conversation. I'm going to read just half this chapter here. You know, like, but like that's an addiction behavior, right? Like, you know, that's yeah. those old smoking commercials. Why'd you go outside during your kids, whatever? You know, it's the cigar, like the cigarette dragging you outside. It's your phone, right? Like it's, it's in your pocket. You feel it. But like introducing that aspect to kids in a way that still includes some safety, like guardrails, you know, it's something that definitely. I, I mean, I intend to drag my feet as long as possible on the phone front for the kids. Like, I just, oh yeah, we we did as as much as yeah. we could, but so everybody got their phones at ninth grade. Yeah, and then except except me when I, I got mine, what junior junior year, eleventh uh, yeah. grade, maybe something like that, maybe. But yeah, it, but then the schools were requiring them to have phones. They, yeah, and then the phones and then the tablets came out. Everything was online, so they were you know had to get their their homework assignments on their phone or what it just you were kind of stuck yeah you know you, you didn't really have much of a choice um or else or else you know your kids would be a little bit left behind which okay well that doesn't make a lot of sense so yeah. no i agree i'm i'm addicted to the phone you kidding me you know just yeah, like no, hanging, out your, <laughs> hanging out in your pocket oh, oh, I better, you know i don't have to answer it but oh, here comes a text here comes something else mm-hmm. um could be from anybody right uh, yeah no, yeah, I think I think that that uh, technologies. Well, I think the I think the big experiment on the lack of socialization during the pandemic gave you a good idea of what it could be like for kids. Yeah. Right. So if they're all glued to their phones, is that any different from being at home with that pandemic? I think if yeah. you took it to extremes, it's really not any different. That's what you yeah. get. And I think all those kids, and my brother, Mike, he's a teacher at uh, a middle school out in Harrisonburg. He said, you know, those kids that were coming into middle school that were in fifth grade during the uh, the shutdown, they had no idea what they were doing as far as interfacing with other kids. Mm-hmm. And it was just a zoo, you know, just just really, really difficult. So it's taken them about... I think they're still coming out of it as far as uh, their ability to socialize and effectively be in school in a productive manner. That's, I think we're still coming out of that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think if uh, you have too much technology, that's what you're going to end up with. Yeah. Now I will say on the, on the plus side, you guys might get a kick out of this. So, I mean, I'm thinking the technology, the technology classes I took I think in eighth grade we did typing. Yeah, I did, in, I did too. Yeah. And then in high school, there was like some basic programming available, right? So Ella in kindergarten has these kind of basically these technology days that are effectively like kids games for teaching how to think about coding. So they've got these things called B-bugs where they give them a series of directions. And they're little robots, right? Like you're just, you're putting in... Mm you know, codes, but you're doing it by flashcard and it scans in the code and then it does whatever you tell it to. And yep. I, like I heard about that. And I was like, this is wild that like a kindergartner is learning to think about coding, right? Like they're not explicitly teaching them code, but like, this is how you would code a set of instructions for, you know, and then later on, if they get more advanced, they can have also conditional clauses and other things to, you know, if the door is closed, go left. If the door is open, go through the door, right? Like just to kind of teach that sort of thought pattern which is pretty, like, I think it's pretty wild for like a, you know, how things have changed for a five-year-old in 25 years. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting as well, because the world as a whole, just like everything that way, like, even if you look at 
like the like warfare it's not even like it's drones now and cyber warfare and like things like that it's not even like putting people on the ground as much anymore like like world war three like people have been talking about that because russia ukraine and like all this other stuff wouldn't be like world war two it'd be like who's who's got the best hackers and like firewalls and like all this other stuff so like obviously there would still be conventional warfare but everything is that now which is like really strange it's almost it's like if you don't understand basic coding you're just going to get like left behind to a certain extent probably in i don't know 10 15 years like the kids coming through if they don't know coding like it's not going to be fun for them at least that's what it looks like to me um it's like my closest friends are all software people so and the ones that aren't and the ones that aren't and don't have the people skills are way left behind. Like they can't find new jobs. Like they're stuck at like one step up from like cashiers, a lot of them, and they all have college degrees, but they can't find anything. And it's really like, it's been really weird. The job search for a lot of them, me included as well. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Like things are shifting in a bit. Like, like you, Chris, for example, you'll be fine because you've got the the hard science and like you've got the experience and all that stuff. Dad, same for you. You've got the engineering licenses and all the years of experience. But for somebody coming out, like if they don't know, if they are not either super good with people or don't have some sort of technical thing, like they're screwed for if they want to go anywhere career-wise. Like that's what I've found. Like I, with my old company, I couldn't get a new job there because I didn't know how to, I wasn't a software engineer. Hmm. So oh. <clears throat> granted, granted we were a software company, but like point still stands is they really liked me. I liked working there and there just wasn't anything for me because I didn't know how to code. Well, sure, but not everybody needs to code. I mean, I think it's helpful, but, um, in a lot of ways, but um, what you said as far as being able to work with people and or have a technical skill, that's probably been the same in the marketplace for thousands of years if you think about it, right? <clears throat> you're either the carpenter or you're the butcher or maybe you know how to herd, you know, you're a sheep herder, right? But it's all skill sets, right? Or maybe you're the tax collector, right? You got to figure out how to deal with people and get that. So, I mean, I think that that's always going to apply, right? And it's just... Is it not more difficult, though? Like, the, like the technical skill sets 100 years ago are not, like... Like, coding is not easy. It's not easy. It's not, like, you can't just, like... It takes a lot more than, like, somebody going to work at, a like, a factory in, in the yeah, city. I don't think so. I mean, if no. you learn it at an early age... You know, and um, what Ella, what Chris is describing, you know, if, if you're exposed to something early on and you get the building blocks and it's not intimidating to you and it's, it's presented in a non-threatening manner and it's more like a game and all of a sudden you start picking up on a little bit, you're going to have a certain amount of the population that's going to gravitate towards that and they've got, <clears throat> you know, a certain, you know, affinity for doing those things and then they'll they'll want to stay in that track and they'll they'll keep going in that direction others that don't they'll go into a different track and hopefully there's something there that they can find whether it's art music maybe just regular sciences math whatever mm. um 
but um, no, I think if if you have, like you said, the, the typing is now more coding, I think that makes a lot of sense. And even with the tradesmen that we have on the job sites, whether they're plumbers, electricians, um, mechanical guys, HVAC guys, they all have tablets with them. They all have to know how to operate software packages to get to drawings and get to specifications and be able to communicate with me when I'm out there. When they, so it's no longer somebody running around with a hammer and a, a wrench, right? They got a hammer, a wrench, and a tablet. <laughs> so, so they have become a lot more sophisticated. But th that guy who does all those things, that's more like a foreman type person. There still is a, a journeyman plumber or a you know entry level plumber apprentice they're still there absolutely because you got to learn the trade you got to learn something you got just got to morph into it and then after a while then you get instead of one wrench no you get the now you get the adjustable wrench and now you get this now you get that now hey guess what now you get the tablet because <laughs> you're going to be yeah. have to communicate with people so i think it's just a matter of being exposed to whatever it is i don't i don't think it's i think it's just different yeah. yeah, you mentioned the intimidation thing, and I think both of you guys can speak to this because uh, when we were going, when I was going through math classes specifically, a lot of people, like I thought I didn't know any math at all, but like I knew some more than I thought I did, but there's this like weird thing with math specifically where like I remember – when we went to the first time we went to a mathnasium when we had uh, that one teacher where we won't, we don't need to say who it was, but you know who it is that, um, you mean with the big diet coat or the Coke? <laughs> well, yeah, that one. Um, so I, I thought, I thought I knew nothing of, of calculus. And I go into this math tutoring place because you guys are listening to, to me saying, I don't know anything. I have no idea how I have an A in this class. I got a one on the AP exam, which is like fail, like F and right. That, that doesn't match. And so I go in there and I'm like, I know nothing. And the math, the, like the lady that ran the place, she was like, you know, way more than you think you do. And this is what I found. Like other kids in my class as well were like, I'm so confused. And then like, once I got like a, maybe confidence or an understanding of like what actually was, but it's weird that it's math specifically. And I like, I don't hate numbers, but, and then you Chris that would needed to do a lot of math for your field dad, same for you. But like, was that the same when you guys were in school as well? Like that math, like, I don't know what the term they call it now, Chris, you might know the, the exact term, but like, they call it like math, like, fear of phobia yeah something, <laughs> yeah, yes. phobia. yeah something like that but it's like a thing now apparently i don't know i'm not in school anymore but <laughs> yeah i mean i um they were just so when i was going through like eighth seventh eighth grade right they were just starting to move algebra up into elementary schools and i don't remember if it was seventh or eighth grade i think it might have been eighth grade um so I, I got moved into this algebra class, right? And I completely flopped. Like, <laughs> I had no idea which way was up, right? And so eventually I get moved back down to like whatever the, the sort of normal math was. And some somewhere between eighth grade and ninth grade, I figured out what algebra was, 
right? Like not in sort of the math wrote sense of like, okay, you move the variables around and right. Like not in sort of the, the exercise sense, but more in the like, oh, this is what we're trying to do, right? Like really understand kind of what the math was. And so like I came around to ninth grade and like had no problems, right? Like just cruised through algebra, but like it was a weird, like you, like you said, it was a weird light switch moment of going, Oh, okay. Like I, I, we kept doing the problems, but I didn't understand what, what we were trying to do. Right. Like I don't, I didn't know what is the purpose here. So like once that sort of stuck, I felt like I could really cruise through it, but it, it was the same sort of thing where I really had no idea what we were doing or why we were doing it. And so if anybody would ask, Hey, how much do you know? I would go, uh, nothing. I, I can do okay on the test, but that's about it. <laughs> like, yeah. I get it. Well, I think, um, again, Eric, so <laughs> <laughs> you were very hard pressed. You were very, you were, you were not the best student as far as wanting to learn from mom and dad. So we were, we worked, we tried to work with you on different, certain different levels. And then, yeah, mathnasium seemed to resonate well with you. Okay. And then you were starting to understand the math better. And I think it just needed a different person talking to you and teaching you. Sometimes that's all it is. And the way I approached it with William, Timothy, and Maggie, and even Sam is um, I just said, treat math like a, a, a foreign language. It, you don't know anything about it. You don't, you don't know how to speak Arabic. You don't know how to speak Russian. Who's going to expect you to listen to that, speak it, and write it? Nobody is. So you just got to start with the basics and just treat it like a foreign language. And the building blocks, it's kind of like the ABCs, like the A plus A is 2A, whatever. One plus two is three, right? And then just keep, and then the more sophisticated you get, the, as long as you know those building blocks, you just keep building and building and building. It's just like a, learning a new language. And I think Maggie picked up on that whole concept pretty well. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get hung up on the, um, you know, the specifics of whatever it could be. It, it could even be algebra. It could be part of geometry. It could be trig. I said, don't get hung up on that. Look at the big picture. And Chris, you already said it. Why are we doing this? What's the point? What's the goal? And I think a lot of teachers can get stuck in that, just looking at the exercises as opposed to explaining the big picture, you know, Mm -hmm. who cares if it's a unit circle well this is why we care <laughs> right <laughs> you know it, it actually it's meaningful it has meaning you know to anybody so i think as long as somebody explains it then maybe the math phobia goes away a little bit fair enough speaking of phobias yes. kanye has phobias well, what is you, you, see, you like that segue dad no, yeah, I've, okay. got, I've got quite good at this a little bit uh, do you know? Do you know what he's been doing? No, I have no idea. <laughs> Chris, you want although to I heard in? something, but I'm not sure what it was. Um, you want to fill me in, Chris, or should I? Yeah, do yeah, it? yeah. Fill me in. Okay, so do we start at Tim Pool? Is that no, what we start at? Just start it. Start at the tweet that he put out like a month ago, okay. and then we can like fast forward up, up until like this week. Okay. So uh, I think that – okay. So the tweet that Eric's referring to was something like uh, – it was 
it was weird, but it was something like feeling sleepy, going to wake up tomorrow and go DEFCON on the Jews. And everybody was like, okay, weird, but all right. What's happening here? Um, oh yeah, and it, it sort of just gets worse from there. <laughs> the, like, the basic gist of it was, I mean, the short version is I think he, he has decided that there's a Jewish conspiracy. Like he's sort of fallen into a Jewish conspiracy hole about yeah. Hollywood and the music industry and – uh, everything in life this is the, the short version. And he went on this interview a couple days ago. Was it yesterday or Wednesday, maybe? I think Wednesday. Alex, yeah, Wednesday, maybe. Wednesday, Wednesday was the Tim Pool one. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Pool, but he, he's no. a pretty even keel, independent journalist, right? Like he kind of was. Does... Um, his his background was he got started at the Occupy Wall Street back in like. Oh, okay. 20, 2011 or whatever. Right. Yeah. He was working for Vice for a bit, and then he was like, "No, nah, I don't like this." And then he basically has created his own like media company where he does a live show every night um, about like topics on the news, and he's got a couple journalists that he employs, and he kind of just is like doing his own thing. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Thing. yeah. So he had he had Kanye on with a, a whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. so he basically gives this like very milk toast pushback at one point where it, like basically Tim Pool says to Kanye, I think they've been treating you poorly. And Kanye goes, Well, who's they? And like Tim Pool answers almost immediately. He goes, Well, I'm talking about the corporate journalists. And then yeah. Kanye just sort of gets stuck on that like he had a gotcha question, but like yeah. didn't. He's like, Well, we can't say who they is. And Tim's like, I mean, I I just said who it was. Like, I don't yeah. – <laughs> Kanye storms out, right? He's not going to, oh. like, do this interview. And then he goes on Alex Jones. You know who Alex Jones is? No, man. Oh. <laughs> Alex uh, Jones is you, – you take Alex Jones. <laughs> uh, Alex Jones is – people would know him for – he said the Sandy Hook thing was a hoax. Um, really? Back in – yeah, he was, like, their crisis actors hired by the government, blah, blah, blah. But also – he was the one that started talking about Epstein like 10 years ago about the island and Bill Clinton and like all these other things. So like he's like deep into like the rabbit hole of all these things. Yeah. And he got the Sandy Hook one way wrong and a judge ordered that he has to pay like was it like $965 billion in damages, which yeah. obviously, <sighs> obviously he can't yeah, pay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but he's like way off in – whatever land he's in. So Kanye goes on his show and he basically, he basically goes, yeah, Hitler wasn't that bad. And it's like, okay, dude, like, wearing like a full, I don't even know. Mask is not the right word. Oh, like, oh it's a that, was a, that was a head. That was a joke. That was yeah. him, him trying to make a joke. What's the, the prime minister, <laughs> uh, the prime minister of Israel. That's why the cats have peed in your room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, he he did that. Yeah, on, Benjamin uh, he did that on, Oh, yeah, yeah. And so what do you do about said, him? No, so like he was wearing. <laughs> oh, he was wearing a net because the guy's name is Netanyahu or whatever. Like, yeah. so that was his yeah. like joke or whatever. Like, not a joke. But anyway, yeah. so he goes on there and he's like, "Yeah, Hitler wasn't that bad," and that happened yesterday. <gasps> What's he doing? I don't know. Uh, and he's then, totally lost his like. Yeah, he's totally he has. Lost he it. has to have. And then Pete Davidson, I guess, came out oh, and said that he was going to yeah. convert to Judaism, which is like, 
<laughs> that's pretty good trolling. Like it's yeah, pretty, that, that's it pretty is. good. It is, but like we're sitting in this like. Well, Pete's got to stay relevant. That's all. Well, he does. Yeah, but it's like we're, we're sitting <laughs> in this like, very weird space now where, like, he's I a weird. Know. Yeah, he's a weird dude. I don't know. I don't know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know I, anymore. I think he's bipolar, right? Like he's he's on a manic episode. <laughs> he's somebody need like somebody needs to take him to the side and be like, "Hey, buddy, it's time to put the phone down and let's go over here for a little bit." <laughs> like, I mean, he's just on an upper where you're like, "I this is not this is not how you should <laughs> interact." Now, I will say it has been interesting for me to watch his analysis because I got a little I got in a little bit of trouble with this one earlier today. Oh, with who? <laughs> <laughs> with Lauren. <laughs> what do you say? Well, so here's what I said. I I was like, I'm going to I'm going to to here's Kanye's argument, right? There are a lot of Jewish people at the top of of the game in Hollywood, right? They created the Hollywood system. Therefore, any trouble is a conspiracy caused by them. And I was like, okay. So point out the flaw in the logic. And she goes, "Well, you can't say that about the Jews." And I go, "Great." Now do the Fortune 500 companies and tell me how many are white men. And she goes, well, most of them. And I was like, and that is a sign of? That's right. But like, I mean, his math is there's too many people who look like that in the room. Therefore, there's a problem. Right. Yeah. A lot of people use that same math, and we say it's okay. Right? Like, there's Ari, a lot of people uh, Ari like Shafir had a Yeah, Ari Shafir had a thing on it. They were talking about it on Flagrant today. And he was like, yeah, Kanye said there was too many Jews in the room. And Ari is a Jewish comedian. He was right. like, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. I, I have so no like, idea. I don't know. Like, Did you watch um, – Chris, did you watch the, his interview with Lex? I got through about half of it. So that one was very – so um, also, so we're going to have to do this every podcast we, we bring up. So Lex is, uh, he's an MIT uh, engineer that works on AI and like autonomous robots and like stuff like that. And he also has a podcast where he, it's like mostly sciencey, but um, he talks with, he's, he was, he's born in Ukraine during the Soviet Union. So he came oh. over here. So he's got a lot of like different and interesting perspectives on, on things. And he also is he Jewish, Chris? I think he is. Did he say he was? Know. I'm pretty sure he said he was. That's he why he, he was, wanted yeah. to talk to him. Yeah. So he interviews Kanye after the first like the tweet. Right. Um. And that like seemed to go okay, and then like it didn't. All of a sudden, and then he's just been on this like tear of like going on different people's podcasts, and I think. In his head, he was like, I'm not doing another Lex Friedman episode when he went on Tim Pool's show. Yeah. Um, what is it? Because these people get in their own, like, bubbles of it's, – it's weird. It's like they're in the, like they're all looking at the same thing, and then they uh, have started to come – like, I've stopped listening recently as much, Chris, to, like, a lot of them. Not, yeah. not because they're saying bad things, but because, like, they're saying the same things that they were saying a month ago. And, yeah. Like, but like Kanye's just thrown a wrench into all of it, which has been really weird to watch. All these people, like, because uh, for other context, that uh, Tim Pool was on Rogan's show mm -hmm. with Jack Dorsey and um, uh, Vijaya. What's yeah, her name? The, What's her name? Uh, the head, the head, like head of legal. 
head of legal of Twitter about like four or Back five years ago. Oh yeah. Um, and he grilled the two of them. Like, so he's not, he's not going to back down from like somebody just because they have such and such name or whatever. And like, it feels weird to like watch them go through different, um, like different guests. And like, they've kind of got to a point where people who are outside of that bubble don't want to go on those shows anymore because they have the receipts. Like some people went like when Sanjay Gupta went on Rogan and like, it was almost like we're going to convince him that we're right. And then Rogan has all the receipts and it's like, yeah, that didn't go well for you, dude. And that's, that happened, I think one too many times. And like, it kind of has, they've been too prepared almost. It's like, I don't know if you felt, felt that Chris watching it. Cause it, I feel like it used to happen more and these people would come on and just get annihilated because they were like, Hey, remember that one time when you said this thing, and then you said the other thing that completely contradicted that a month later. And then you said you didn't say it. Here's your tweets. And then like pop yeah. them both up on the screen. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is an L for you. And then yeah. like it stopped happening now, which is like we're losing the dialogue that they wanted to bring. And then so Kanye comes on and he wants to have the dialogue. And then he's realized within this month that they still have all the receipts. And yeah. he's not getting anywhere because everyone's like, sorry, dude, you're still nuts. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's always, there is an interesting, you know, like to be fair to journalists, there's an interesting balance of asking hard hitting questions and then realizing that if you go too far, people will stop interviewing with you, right? Like the moment you become the gotcha guy is the moment people stop returning your phone calls, right? Because it's just, it doesn't serve them any purpose. But like on the flip side, it has been interesting to watch, like you said, like a transition where like, I, I don't know that enough people realize that some of those guys keep receipts as well as they do. And then yeah, maybe so, well, couple... that's the reason why they don't go on Fox and like the people that go on Fox and CNN are the people that have always gone on Fox and CNN. And there's a reason why nobody watches those shows anymore. Like Rogan, like Tim pool gets more viewers than the most viewed CNN show. Yeah. And he's just a live stream on YouTube. Like it's, it's shifted yeah. tons. So is like we're in this like everything is just like in the air and the chips are gonna fall soon and like the ones who are do like Tim Pool's doing well for himself right you've got like Dave Smith part of the problem he's doing fine uh, Rogan obviously is doing his his stuff like all these like Michael Malice they're all doing fine but then where everything lands after that like I think uh, didn't CNN's guy resign or sell it or whatever recently. Because they got rid of yeah. like Cuomo and Don Lemon got like relegated to his own show that nobody watches, and like CNN Plus just tanked, like yeah. So and then like Patrick Bet David is doing fine, like no, he's not going anywhere. It's weird, but like the rest, the rest of them, like those are like the top, the top ones, and then the rest mm-hmm. of where people are gonna start going to get their news, I feel like is gonna shift as. Like, no offense, Dad, the old people start to, like, leave, leave us. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, there's, there's no value to me watching it, you know, uh, if there are other people in the room. Oh, they're not there. But you know, they, would, they, would, they would shudder, you know, if I said, well, yeah, I don't get much value out of watching Fox or CNN or anything like that because everybody's got their own agenda. And the yeah. people that go on there basically promote the agenda that the producers want them to promote. It, it doesn't – it's all a bunch yeah. of nonsense. So – you know, if you want to listen to both and really consume your whole day, that's fine. And maybe you'll end up with a balanced view, maybe not. But 
it's just a waste of time. You know, yeah. it's just, and it's, it's, it's no longer news. It's all opinion and it's all yeah. leading questions and it's all, instead of just the facts, news should be the facts instead of all this other junk, just report the facts. You know, Do you feel it. like in your demographic that there's been a shift in like people not watching those like sources anymore? Uh, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, in fact, I feel like sometimes the odd man out, you know, people ask me, just like you guys, well, do you know, did you see what happened here? Did you see what happened here? You know, it's just like, no, I have no idea. Like, I remember somebody saying, oh, Biden's got uh, COVID. I said, oh, I had no idea. You know, this is what, like a month ago. I'm like, well, I, to be fair, he's had it like four times and he I know, fell so up the I'm stairs. Like, the plane, whatever. So. I, yeah. I, it's, it's not that I could care less, but okay. Yay. Whatever. You know, big deal. We've had, we've been dealing with this forever. What's, give me something new you know, or whatever. So no, I'd say, uh, I would, I, what I think is that people of my age or, you know, kind of our grouping have probably already kind of made up their mind one way or the other mm. about what they perceive to be an issue or a situation or whatever. And, and doesn't really bother to look for another resource you know to either refute what they think is happening or you know i don't know i mean that's what i think um but you know a great example would be you know nancy pelosi's husband right he got beat up by a guy or an mm -hmm. attacker in san francisco and then you mm -hmm. know the body cams came out and he's just like no he didn't <laughs> that never happened right it's just like well I find it hard to believe a couple different things about that whole thing. So now, you know what? I don't believe any of it. I could care yeah. less. You know, that, yeah. that's kind of where I am. You know, I have no idea why it even got media attention in the first place unless, again, somebody's trying to stay relevant and, you know, get some sympathy. I, I could care less. But is that really news? Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I, I mean, so he forgot to lock the door. Big deal. Happens to the rest of us. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Fair. Well, Chris, you've had a shift similar to mine. I feel like when we talk, we're like, yep, same page. Like most, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like 20 years ago, maybe if everybody or a lot of people would be talking about the same things or like people would be like, Hey, did you see that thing? And most people would be like, yeah, I saw that thing. Mm -hmm. And then now it's like, do you see that thing? And unless you have somebody in your circle, they probably will have no clue. Like, so to your, to your point about, no, I haven't heard of it. We haven't heard of, I don't know who's on Fox yesterday. And I'm, Chris, I know you don't either, but if you ask me who was on Tim Pool yesterday, we'll both know. And that's like a weird, like, people are not living in the same, like, r reality almost anymore. And it's like, I don't really know what to do about about that from, like, people like, oh, countries doing whatever. It was like, what do you do about about that? Everyone has shifted into their own like with with the advent of like YouTube and all these other things, like it just seems it seems it seems weird to me. But I haven't lived through the shift in the same way that you guys have. So I like to have like Chris. We've talked about this many times before. 
but to have you on also that is like interesting just to hear what you think about it because you lived through like the whole like tvs weren't around when you were born mm. they were they were i think i don't know like brand you, new you microwave lived, yeah we, brand new microwave we did get a tv in our house that that we i was i remember when we got our first tv well there you go so you lived through you've lived through the entire shift of like there was three channels and well, now no, there's there, there was four oh because four. we had pbs pbs oh, abc nbc and cbs but you always watch cbs because that came through the clearest NBC and ABC, it was like, you know, looking at a snowstorm through a periscope, right? You couldn't see anything, right? And you just heard the voice. It was like some ghostly voice. Then PBS was always good, you know, because you got basically Sesame Street and Zoom and some other fun stores, you know, but that's it. So four channels. You're right, Eric. You only got your sources were four channels and one newspaper. Yeah. And now you have two media channels in your own immediate family. You're talking about mine and Tim's. Like, right. That's half the channels that you had access to ever uh, when it ha- like it's what has that been like for like is it just information overload at this point? No, no, because I don't bother. I mean, because it's it's just <laughs> it's it's just worthless at the whole thing. I mean, because there's no news. It's just at some point it was you know you got um, well I don't know uh, you know once you got the cable. I can't remember when Fox started. I bet you Fox has been around for at least 25 years, maybe longer than that. But that, that was like the big thing. Fox came out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't necessarily as, you know, seen as a conservative type thing because really you didn't really think the other stuff was necessarily left-leaning or whatever. It was just the news. Um, but, but then it obviously started going in their own directions. Um, but... Um, no, not information overload. Just kind of, just ignore it. And I mean, just you know, something pops up and you get curious and you follow a couple little news articles, international, local, or whatever, national. But boy, they're written so many different ways. Just you know, who knows what happens? <laughs> I mean, I will say uh, one thing I do find interesting in the internet age is that. If you find the right commentators, they typically bring like they bring the primary video or they bring some form of evidence to the mm-hmm. discussion. Right. Like you can note when some like you'll read these news articles and you'll go, there's literally no information and there's no sourcing. Right. Like there's no anything. There's <laughs> like there's right. nothing in here that is a, either a fact or a source for me to follow up on. But like it, one thing I do enjoy about the internet age is that you can go, well, you know what? I'm just going to find the video. Oh, okay. That's what happened. Right. Like, right. Okay. We can put, well, you know, we can put this one to rest or, yes. you know, pull and I do, up, Jamie. Yeah. But yeah, right. Like, okay, let's pull it up. Yeah. Here's what you said on this day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, um, and I, I do think that's interesting, but I think to your point, Uncle Andy, I mean, I feel like there's an, there's an aspect of this where it's just noise, right? Like yeah. it's just no, and, and it's not, productive noise you know like I, I think the idea of doom scrolling being a thing right like just kind of oh look at all these horrible things that i'm like this yeah. is not helpful to you like take that time back and spend some time with your family or read a book or exercise or something do something with it watch some cat videos that's much watch better some, <laughs> yes, go, go back to the original internet and watch cat <laughs> that's, videos that's right as, as it was meant to be <laughs> that's right oh my god Dinner cat. Right, 
we're getting to around <laughs> around an hour. It's getting a bit late, but okay. I want to dad and also Chris, but dad, I know you've got some other funny stories uh, to share if you want to pick and or choose uh, a few before we go. Uh, funny stories, funny stories. Well, how about the time, Eric, that we went on our ski trip and we first landed in Steamboat Springs. We went to the oh. hotel room. You probably, I don't know, Chris, you might have remembered this a little bit. So we, so we flew across the country, the whole family, right? So five kids, two adults, and we were going to spend a week in Steamboat. Kids were going to learn how to ski. You know, it was going to be a good time, all set up. We had got all our stuff off the shuttle. Things were working fine. We get to the uh, hotel room. <clears throat> nice layout, you know. I think it was three bedrooms, kitchen, whatever, the whole thing. It was almost like an apartment. And um, we uh, go in there, and it was a perfect evening. No clouds, see all the stars. Colorado stars, right? Beautiful, right? Fresh it was snow. probably, you know, fresh snow, the whole thing. You know, just the light dusting. You know, Colorado-wise, that means like six to eight inches, right? So it's, you know, beautiful, just beautiful. So we all get in, and, uh, you know, I get all the, all the luggage in, close the door, you know, put on a little hotel bar, you know, a little bar on the top, you know, to help kind of keep yourself feel a little bit more secure. And we all go out on the, the balcony <clears throat> and look at the beautiful sky. And it's like maybe probably 20 degrees out, right? Not, not super cold, but, you know, cold enough. And we're all of us are out there enjoying it. <clears throat> and the, we closed the sliding glass door because we didn't want to let all the cold air in. And the bar comes down on the sliding on the sliding glass door oh, and no. locks us out. <laughs> oh. So, and we didn't have like winter coats. We didn't have boots. We didn't have, and a couple of us had boots. Okay, so, so now we're like, oh no, what do we do? All of our phones are on the inside, right? We, so. So then where we were, you know, so we were able, we were on the first level. So I said, well, we don't have a choice. So we, <laughs> so I, I'm the first one down. I'm the guinea pig. I go down to my bare feet, run through the snow, find the entrance into the breezeway that goes back to our front door of our hotel. Okay, great. So I go there and I, and then I run back, you know, obviously I can't open the door because it's locked and the bar's on it, right? So, and I go back, and then I'm care. I carry Sam down, and then I carry I think Maggie down, and Eric. I think you went on your own. Yeah, I did. And I think William went on his own, and I, yeah, I carried Maggie, and then Julie comes down. So now we're in the hallway, and then we find somebody who's gonna. Okay, they're gonna help us out, right? And he has to go back. He has to do X one. But in the meanwhile, I forgot about this, Chris. So we get in there. We're all hungry. So we order pizza. So. My wallet's on the inside, of course. Now the pizza dude shows up, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, and so the guy still hadn't come back. And I think we had paid my credit card. So it was, I think it was okay that way. But we're sitting out in the hallway trying to figure this out. And the, the guy's never coming back. And he, he left like a couple of tools. I said, I'm done with this, right? And I just kicked the door. <laughs> I just said, we're in and they'll say, well, what, what do we tell the guy? I just said, ah, it was just loose and we broke it. We, it's all good. So he comes and he fixes the door. But So that was our first night in Steamboat. <laughs> getting locked out and, you know, sub-zero, sub-freezing weather and just having to make all this. Nothing. But it worked out fine at the end. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. That was pretty good. I think it, and Eric, maybe you remember, I think it was like, might even have been like midnight or something. It was pretty late at night. Yeah, it was late. It was really late when we landed, and by the time we took the shuttle and did all that stuff, it, it was pretty late, and we had to wake up for ski school plus get all the equipment. Yeah. It was our first well, day there. Get everybody mm-hmm. lined up well, and get all the rentals lined up. What was really funny about that is I, I remember I don't think mom wanted you to break the door down. No. And at one point, you were just kind of like, it didn't happen exactly like this, but it was kind of like, oh, look over there. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> So that would like, be the what, difference. What happened? Be, that would be the difference uh, in know. our marriage and I, our how to approach things, right? You know, sometimes <laughs> you gotta follow them. You know, just like I'm done with this. Let's just go. Like, <laughs> oh, what happened to the time? what happened to the door? Oh, I fell and it broke. It's like look at that. <laughs> it was the door fairy. It just opened <laughs> it up. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> All right, so Chris, what do you got? What's a good story? Um, let's see. This one, I don't, Eric, I don't know if you know this one, but it was, um, the, Uncle Andy, you know this one. So it was Tom at your wedding. Mm, so, yeah. does, so do you know this story, Eric? Is it the raccoon? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm trying to remember. My mom that day was just panicking. So the short version for everybody listening was my brother, Tom, was the ring bearer in he's Uncle been on Andy. the podcast before by the way yes. episodes yeah. episode seven that one <laughs> that guy the one who said whose prediction was wrong and i think he owes you a mug chris yeah. oh yeah that's right i remember paying back for that one um <laughs> so he was supposed to be the ring bearer and somehow like a day or two before the wedding tom wakes up he's been apparently has fallen out of his bed he's got one black eye right so everybody's going, what do we do, right? He's got this white suit. Like, I, okay, so now my mom's panicking. She's trying to figure out how she's going to call Aunt Julie and explain that the ring bearer has a black eye, right? Yeah. And it's one of those scenarios where, like, okay, well, how could this get any worse? Well, the next day he wakes up. He now has two black eyes because he <laughs> fell out of the bed again. And so now it's one of those things where she's just – she's like, I just told her he had one. What do I do? <laughs> and I remember her sitting there like with the fo- – she's sitting in the kitchen staring at the phone. <laughs> like she does not want to make this phone call. <laughs> I wonder if we've got our wedding album because – <laughs> I never heard that part. I just heard he fell and he had two black eyes. I didn't I, know he I fell thought, twice. I thought he uh, nailed your glass table in the uh, family room. I thought he did a face plant on that oh, and hit his right. forehead, forehead on it and yes. he ended up with the two. Yeah, I don't see that stupid wedding album. It, it would take me a lifetime to get it. But yeah, he he absolutely was a raccoon. There's no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was <laughs> That was too much. That was so funny. And I just remember watching my mom. She's literally sitting at this in the kitchen, staring at the phone. And I'm like, I, w- I was old enough to realize that I should just back away slowly, like yeah. <laughs> not engage on this one. But she's just staring at it. Uh, did, my dad's he like, did fine. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. A, yeah, he did a good job. But yeah, those are some good pictures of him, <laughs> just double black eyes, white suit. That's a good, good times. One. Yeah, that's good, good times. One. What about your funny story, Eric? Um, 
I've been trying to think of which one I can I can share. Don't know. I don't remember. Actually, I remember it wasn't funny at the time, but how I remember it's funny <laughs> now. So you can tell me if this if this is how it happened or it didn't happen. But our uh, we were driving back from the beach. And we stopped at a McDonald's and I filled my water bottle up with like Dr. Pepper or something. And mom, it was not in the nicest area. And mom wanted to drive back and have me like apologize to the, like the cashiers or whatever. And I remember you being like, are you stupid? Like this, that is a horrible idea to have this little white kid go into this McDonald's and apologize for stealing. We're going home. And like, I, don't, I don't remember that at all. I must have blacked that out. I, don't, I think I was probably like 12 or 13 or something like that. Like old enough, old enough to like be old like, enough to know better old enough, old enough to know I shouldn't have done it, but also old enough to know, like, like I wasn't old enough to be like, this is stealing because I was like, Oh, it's just soda just comes from this thing. So it's fine. But like <laughs> old enough Magic. to know that I sh- old enough, old enough to know that I shouldn't have done it. And then, yeah. So instead you guys just made me pour it out and I was sad. So I didn't have water either. So I just had nothing. <laughs> Suffer. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, uh, it's like that John Mulaney, you know, who John Mulaney is Chris, the comedian. Yeah. Yeah. He's like talking about when his, his dad would take them to the beach and they'd be like chanting McDonald's McDonald's. And then they'd pull into the drive through and their, his dad would order one black coffee and then they'd leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's perfect. Yeah, and I immediately thought of you. So, <laughs> just medium uh, coffee, black. Thanks. That's it. Thanks. Is that bye. All you want? Yes, what? No ice cream. Yeah. No, that's it. <laughs> oh. Well, Dad, thanks for joining last minute. I think. Oh my uh, gosh, you're more than welcome. I learned a bunch. Hopefully, Chris um, didn't throw too much of a wrench into it. Well, we had no idea what we were going to talk about. We didn't anyway, have a plan. So, so you yeah, can't we throw had, a wrench in that. Well, yeah, we we never have a plan really. So. <laughs> That's true. Um, but so listening, uh, thank you again. Subscribe, like, all the stuff. Uh, Dad, you'll get your special title for this episode like you're asking for on Thanksgiving. And then maybe <laughs> maybe we'll get you an in-person episode. I think the last time we talked, you were like, I'll only do it if we can drink beers. So uh, That's right. Well, you caught me a little unprepared, so yes. Yeah. Okay. Have a couple Surprise. of favorite ones. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you.